Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. We made it through the longest college football regular season of our lives. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Commissioner-elect in the MAC because I will legalize the forward lateral under the circumstances that the results are a sick game-winning touchdown to send a team to the conference championship. And with me, as always, is AJ. I will legalize throwing shoes (laughs) if elected SEC Commissioner Marchese. You're goddamn right. We are with Marco. It was a good business decision. He was just trying to return it back to the sideline, and he missed. Today, we'll break down our 2021 NFL Draft Superlatives from this Week 14 in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 rounds in heaven with my baby driving up. To Cleveland, maybe looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Before we dive into our final regular season week of the college football season, we get a couple, uh, we cup, a couple declarations and a, a couple uh, senior bowl acceptances. So, let's start with the uh, the declarations. We had Louisville receiver Tutu Atwell declare, South Carolina linebacker Ernest Jones, and Arizona State safety Ashari Crosswell. I, AJ, uh, who jazzes you up the most? <laughs> it's definitely Tutu, I mean, easily. Um, it, it, I don't know, it feels a little like, I don't know, lost in the shuffle this year. He's still a fun, super fun player. He's going to be a really interesting evaluation. Yeah, he, he was a guy who some people like were thinking could be a top fifty selection. Obviously, yeah. didn't have uh, didn't have the junior season. You would hope after putting up twelve hundred as a sophomore, um, doesn't help that he is 
probably the smallest receiver that's going to uh, be um, at the combine. Yep. Um, but obviously, you can't teach speed. He is a blazer. He's electric with the ball in his hands. I, I mean, at this point, to me, unless he destroys testing, he's more of a like a fourth round mm-hmm. type guy in this deep receiver class. But if you get him with the right play caller, I think he can be a pretty impactful player early on because, again, he can't teach that type of speed. And if he was 6'1", 200 pounds, he would be looked at as a as a top 50 guy still, I think. No, I, I fully agree with you. And, yeah, it, his landing spot is – it's, it's going to be all about landing spot because, I mean, there's still a lot of uncreative play callers in the NFL. Big time. I, I would like to see him go to some an offense that's heavy on the jet motions because he can be such an effective player in that type of uh, role. For sure. Uh, we also get some senior bowl acceptances only on the defensive side, uh, three of them. Pitt edge rusher Rashad Weaver, Pitt safety DeMar Hamlin, and Georgia safety Richard LeCount III. Three pretty good the most get- jazzed up. Three pretty good gets. Um, I'm going to say Rashad Weaver. Uh, seeing him in one ones is going to yep. be uh, really interesting. Um, his, I mean, what's he's kind of like in what the early uh, round two conversation right now. Uh, I'm yep. not quite sure where I am exactly on him, but definitely he's he'd be excited to watch um, down in the in the indie drills in uh, in Mobile, baby. Six five two seventy super powerful hands really strong season after missing 2019 with a torn acl kind of overshadowed um his 2018 was kind of overshadowed uh or sorry i should say his 2020 was kind of overshadowed prior to the season because patrick jones was so good the year before and jalen twyman yeah obviously twyman opted out um but weaver and patrick jones i think you can make the argument were the best pass rushing duo on the edge in college football this year they yeah you could definitely make the argument it's it's them or the miami duo Exactly, and um, but yeah, Weaver to me shouts maybe doesn't have the same upside as some of these guys, but can be super impactful yeah. right away. Um, just such a well-rounded player in terms of what he does against the run and pass, and, and again, those hands, hands are everything uh, to a pass rusher in the it, NFL. So it's I'm excited like he, to see uh, him in, in Mobile. It's almost like he kind of stole the Boogie Basham uh, way to being like his his spot. <laughs> A little bit. That that's gonna be fun that they're both there. Yeah, for sure. If it happens. Okay, let's jump into it. Final final regular season week of uh, the college football season, week fifteen, December twelfth. Uh, it's it's only conference championships and bowl games from here on out. Oh wait, no, there's a bunch of <laughs> random college football games on conference championship Saturday. So weird. Um, but let's start best best freshman. Who who you got? Who is number one for you this week? Uh, I'm gonna say my number one guy, best freshman, is, is uh both of our favorite, new favorite running back, the the next youth, great youth back, Ty Jordan, who's again five seven, two hundred pounds, but he's a goddamn force. Had almost a buck fifty on the ground, two touchdowns. I love watching him run. Um, he's quickly become come become a favorite of mine over the last what two weeks now. Yeah, no, he he was electric. Very compact, but yeah. low center of gravity. Uh, they were talking about how he's a track guy in high school, and you could see that with that burst uh, on his big touchdown run. Obviously, Utah only got to play four games, but 
he he ended up with over 400 yards on the season. Um, I think yeah, he's he's kind of the next Utah back. They produced a lot over the, the last few years, and it, you don't really know what's happening at the quarterback position in Utah. Mm-hmm. But you've got him in the backfield. You're you're gonna lose Brent Keithy and, and Britton Covey, but I think Ty Jordan's gonna be kind of the face of the Utah offense for the next two or three years. I definitely agree. Same game. I'm going to go with the the son of the goat, uh, Jerry Rice's son, Brendan Rice, who didn't have a ton of touches but was very <laughs> impactful on the ones he did. He took a, a screen, 61 yards for a touchdown, and he took a punt return, 81 yards for a touchdown. He, he's 6'3", 205 freshman, was a four-star. Again, son of Jerry Rice. Um, and he... he uh, he looks like he could be uh, their top weapon yeah. in the next couple of years. As as that Colorado shockingly went three and one in, in or, or yeah, was it just three and one? Three no four and one wasn't it? I can't even remember. Yes, four and <laughs> one. Sorry, <laughs> Carl Carl Dor- Carl Durrell, great debut season. Had Colorado ranked at one point, had them go four and one. Um, but yeah, Bre- Brendan Rice might be uh, the future go-to guy for them, and uh, look super explosive for a six-three yeah. freshman. For real, like for, for, like you just said, he's six-three, two hundred five as a freshman. He's built really well, uh, and then you add all that juice he's got on top of it. It's really interesting, and it makes you wonder how he ended up at Colorado. <laughs> uh, that, that that's what I was thinking the whole time. In I've decided I didn't confirm this. I didn't put that much effort into it, but I decided. That like Carl Durrell's been around the block. That he maybe he knows Jerry. Yeah, okay, that's a that's a good point. <laughs> like okay, Carl Durrell from Cali played receiver at UCLA in the eighties. Uh, let's see, did he ever coach it? Oh, when when was Jerry on the Broncos? Uh, two thousand and I, I don't know five. Let's, was it after Seattle? I can't remember. Let's see if this adds up. Damn it, it didn't add up. Yeah, it was 05, you're right. Ooh, Point okay. being, I, 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 there's there's some sort of connection there because that's the only way a four-star wide receiver, son of Jerry Rice, ends up at Colorado. <laughs> there's something going on. We've got to wait for the, the big write-up about it. Okay, do you have any other freshmen? Yeah, I'll, hey, after fumbling the ball at the goal line, but it didn't matter anyways last week for Kayshawn Booty, I thought he came out and had another really impressive performance against Florida. Uh, 108 yards and a touchdown on five grabs. Uh, it's got that, that legit speed, and uh, looks like he's next in line for that LSU uh, wide receiver factory. Yeah, Max Johnson and him, they got a little <laughs> bit of a connection. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like who did who did Mendenberger have? Was Ruben Randall gone by then? Yeah, right. I, can't remember. I don't know. That sounds right. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Ruben Randall and Zach Mendenberger all over again. Um, but yeah, he, I, obviously they were playing a ton of young guys over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And I mean, with Eric, Eric Gilbert being up in the air, he might be the, have to be the go-to guy over the next few years. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, I'm sure they'll bring in more talent, but, uh, Hey, Hey, this is a no, pro, they, yeah. this is a program rebuilding win for the, for the Tigers. It, not bowl eligible though they banned themselves good for them am i right yeah <laughs> they're really really stern punishment on themselves wow well done 
Okay, I got I got one more freshman, uh, Georgia tight end Darnell Washington, who doesn't look like a freshman because he's six seven two sixty. Yeah. Um, also wears number zero for that extra drip. Um, just just two catches against Missouri, but both big. See, it ended up with sixty one yards. Only had four catches on the season, but he played a lot for a freshman tight end. Um, they they used him a ton in two tight end sets and, and he uses that frame to block pretty well. I think between him and, and some of their sophomores that I'm going to talk about in a minute and, and Todd Munkin at, at the helm, I, I think that Georgia offense is going to be really, really fun next year, which isn't a sentence that generally uh, is said. Well, we might say it and then it doesn't happen, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely looks more promising right now. Um, All right. Do you have, do you have any other freshmen? No, let's move on. Thank God. I was so worried you'd have seven. Uh, okay, best sophomore, speaking of Georgia, yeah. uh, JT Daniels and George Pickens lead my list here. Um, obviously, JT Daniels is a redshirt sophomore, but I don't think anyone expects him to declare. Uh, since he's taken over as their quarterback, the Georgia offense has been way more competent. He looks like the top recruit he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, Finally, a quarterback who gives George Pickens a chance to be the five-star receiver he is. He ends up with 126 yards and two touchdowns, mossing people. Like his body control, his side, like he is an impressive athlete. Big time. Um, and JT Daniels' arm really stood out. Uh, and again, with Todd Munkin calling plays, this Georgia offense, like it, it's a vertical passing attack. Meanwhile, like. Their running backs ran for like 300 total yards. Zamir White had a huge day. Yeah, the whole offense it really came together for Georgia since JT Daniels took over. Um, just just three starts, but threw nine touchdowns in the in, in those three starts and looks like an NFL quarterback. George Pickens looks like an NFL receiver, and I I'm gonna call my shot now because I love Todd Munkin. I think Todd Munkin's gonna be a head coach of a Power Five school by uh by. But what this is twenty twenty next year's twenty by twenty twenty two, okay, <laughs> that's a good shot to call. And yeah, I, I like George Pickens. Like, well, first of all, he was amazing last year, and then he's just been uh, fairly non factor this year. And then hey, welcome back, finally looking like he did last year, and uh, hell, even better. And like you said, the body control is ridiculous, just making insane plays left, right, and center. Uh, this was a big game for him, I think, just to get back on the radar going into next year. Yeah, no, like he, because he, he is, again, it's so clearly he is a impressive, like he, there was, when he first arrived at Georgia, there was con- like comparisons to A.J. Green, and he was like dominant for a freshman last yep. year, and like you said, this this year just wasn't happening until J.T. Daniels takes over, and uh, you start to see it, um, he, he had his two best games in, in uh, games J.T. Daniels started, and, and like, it's not just him around JT Daniels either. It's Jermaine Burton, who I think we talked about a week or two ago, uh, their, their freshman receiver. It's Kyrus Jackson, who we, we've talked about. Yeah. Um, and then, like I just mentioned, tight end Darnell Washington. This offense, even though it's probably going to lose Zamir White and James Cook, they're, they're going to be so much fun next year, I think. No, for sure. Um Remember, I swear, like it was like mid October last year when uh, Georgia fans were saying that George Pickens is the best Georgia receiver since AJ Green, and he might be better. Like, it's like okay, to pump the brakes a little, but hey, he he definitely has all the talent in the world. Yes, sir. 
Um, I also put uh, the the North Carolina's quarterback Sam Howell, who didn't have the same type of day as, as the running backs, mm-hmm. but just again so efficient, so much poise. You um, on on his touchdown pass. He avoided uh, a free rusher and, and like made a Patrick Mahomes arm angle type throw just into the flats uh, for the tight end to score. Just he he him Caden Slovis Spencer Rattler like it's gonna be such a fun quarterback yeah. class next year and J T Daniels. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's pretty loaded. I mean, I know we say that every year, but these guys have come in from week one of their freshman seasons and looked impressive. Like. Uh, it's going to be a lot of tape on them, and like it kind of sucks for the programs that they're going to lose them after three years and with one wonky-ass year in between. But uh, still, it's going to be a great class for us. I, uh, I'll move right on. I put, the, I put the USC duo of Keaton Slovis and Drake London here. Slovis, yeah, up and down a bit, like the two picks. But when, he was, when they needed him to be clutch, he definitely was. And that finished with, a, what, 344 yards, uh, 30 of 47 with the five touchdowns. Uh, and hey, Drake London. Every every single week, he just looks pretty fucking awesome. And he's he's a big boy, six five two ten, almost hundred yards, two touchdowns. That one touchdown where the entire UCLA defense seemed to try to tackle him and just couldn't. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of terrible tackling, but still, Drake London made the play and got in the end zone. Um, they're they are going to be fun next year. And I mean, this it kind of sucks. I wish we got more USC games because this this team is clearly really fun, and we get to see them in the in the Pac twelve championship game Friday night, but. Uh, that that passing attack of Slovis London, uh, and we'll probably mention the other two guys, Vons and Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, is fun as hell. And I just I just wish we got a full season of them. And hey, we might if they all go back next year, but I doubt it. Uh, uh, on the bright side, we do get Slovis in London again next year. They got Brew McCoy in there too. Yeah. They've got a couple other big recruits at, at receiver, so it, it should still be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but you're right, every USC game, as much as – like USC is probably going to be overrated in the in the final rankings. Uh, every single time they play, it's it's like a hell of a fun game for sure. I mean, so that that gives me great hope for the Pac-12 championship game, which is like maybe the least I don't know the least exciting championship game, just like with yeah. everything around it, you know. Like, yeah, the, I think I think so, but yeah, the the game within the game is going to be fun of seeing. Yeah. Uh, like Elijah Molden against Amon Ross St. Brown, for example. And, yeah, Jimmy Lake versus Graham Harrell. That, that's fun as hell. Um, I'll throw one more sophomore in, baby. How about Cade York for that 57-yard game winner in the fog? And going three for three. And uh, Hey, he was, he's been he's been good, man. And he's, he's, he's maybe kicker one for uh, two years down the road. Or next year. Yeah, he'll be my kicker one. <laughs> um, okay, my weekday warrior we we're doing a lot of Pac-12 talk, but my weekday Warriors are both from Arizona State after they they put up 70 on uh, the Wildcats and got Kevin Sumlin fired. Um 70 to 7. That's a that's a tough go. It doesn't make USC look good for struggling with Arizona, but hey. <laughs> um Rashad White, their mm-hmm. junior college transfer running back who in, I mean, Arizona State's barely played this year, but um, their first game, we were both pretty impressed with him. Uh, and, he, and he did it again. And he's just a very dynamic uh, runner. He, he's shown the ability to be a pass catcher. I don't think there's any way he can declare because he's no. played three games in, <laughs> three games in the FBS. 
but like he he's a running back i'm super excited to see as a senior because of how they did use him as a pass catcher and how how dynamic he was as a runner um, yeah I, I totally agree and he's he's interesting build like he's 62 195 yes um and he like, he's like built kind of like a receiver definitely like he's upright he's a leggy runner but no he, he clearly he's got the juice and they use him fun and he had the 93 yard touchdown and 133 yards and three touchdowns on the day uh, definitely, definitely put him here. Uh, I get, I'll give you one more Sun Devil on the defensive side. Uh, Tamarcus Davis, also a junior, uh, who's corner, uh, six foot one seventy five, was kind of like just all over the field, especially in the first half against uh, Arizona. Feisty dude, aggressive tackler, had three pass defense. Um, just an awesome first half, and then the game was already over by. I mean, it was, it was, it was over a minute into the game technically, but by, by the time he was done, the game was well in hand. Baylor transfer too. Yeah, um, good secondary there. I, 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 yeah, yeah. Sticking with it, I, I also put Chase Lucas here. Who I mean, he's fourth year starter for the Sun Devils at yeah. this point, and uh, a guy who who's been talked about for a while now, and, and it feels like he's been in college football forever. Mm-hmm. Um, put, put, potential early day three pick. He, I thought he looked really good. He's just such a technically sound corner. Um, good build too. I, I, I liked what I saw from him. Uh, I, I think he's a safe guy that's going to be in the league for a while. Yeah, and I mean, th- he's got a lot of fans. Um, but no, I, I kind of feel more aligned with your uh, your opinion of him. It's a deep corner class. It's going to be hard to be a top 100 pick in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of... That's one of a group where I'm not too dug in on that I'm kind of excited to uh, to sink my teeth into. No, it's really, yeah, like, I mean, Sertain and Farley are on a, a different level, but yeah. even after that, fun, like, I mean, we both love Elijah Molden, for example. Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, I don't think there was any blatant best prospect this week in, in terms of this guy is a, a top 15 pick for sure, and he dominated, like, a top 15 pick this week. Agreed. Like, did, you, did you see that from it? No, right? Like, no. Because, I mean... Uh, just to mention Devonta Smith, he, he they didn't need him to be that against Arkansas, and he no. still managed to have an eighty-four year punt return touchdown. Give him the Heisman, says says our podcast. Um, but yeah, they're they're like obviously Clemson didn't play, Ohio State didn't play, uh, Notre Dame didn't play. So I I think it, it may be a little more hard pressed to find a definite best prospect. So I'm interested to see who who you've selected. I I really did struggle. Um, I I did mention Devonta Smith, you know, but I, I'm not going to say him just alone. But it just felt like this game for Bama was like, all right, all right, get us to Florida. And they just kind of like went out and just handled yeah. business. Like, it was just... yeah, and, and and that's that's kind of the way Florida went about playing LSU, but it didn't work out. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's the big fucking difference. Uh, no, I totally totally didn't have anyone that like. I think is a slam dunk top fifteen pick, and they showed it this week. Um, so just out of out of respect, I put Chester at here because I think he's had he had a, a fantastic game. Ooh. I, I again, yes. I, I don't know if he's gonna be a first round pick, but he, he had a, he kicked ass against Miami, and I mean they kicked ass, but whatever. I mean ten tackles, a couple pass defense, and then uh, just that the, the big highlight was that awesome run fill on the fourth and short, where he just came up to the hole and absolutely fucking stuffed the running back. Um, by the way, the Miami running backs kind of fell off a cliff this year, but that's that's another conversation. Yes, um, <laughs> conversation for next year. Um, yeah, but I thought I thought Surratt, I, I I I think he deserves it. I don't know if 
I think he deserves it. In, in a I week, like pick. in a week, week, yeah. I, I I put him for shooting up the board, but I definitely like the pick because it, it it was like because Miami's offense is is basically just Derek King at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's another addition. Rece- yeah, you just all over Derek King. Yeah, the receivers are so bad. The running backs, yeah. like you said, have kind of lost lost their pace. And and, and Brevin Jordan's a tight end. It's hard to be a, extremely impactful from that position. Um, so it was basically like they just had Chaz Surratt spy him yep. for the majority of the game, and it worked. And it was a lot of him crushing gear at King. Uh, I, I think my favorite play from him, though, was uh, that gap fill uh, on the fourth down mm-hmm. um, early in the game. He also, like, like he looked good in coverage. He had that big pass breakup. I, I think that's a good pick. Um, a guy who, at this point, I, like, it obviously isn't – he, yeah, I think he's a top 100 lock, but I don't think he, he's a first-round lock by any means. Yeah. But with a combine performance, like, like the way he is built and the way he moves, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak into the back end of the first round, even though this linebacker class is wicked. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. I honestly I feel like at, like right now at this moment in time, he's a little underappreciated in the class. Yeah, because I think there was a lot of hype before the season then North Carolina like kind of struggled early, especially their defense. Mm-hmm. And but they've really come on as of late obviously and now I'm pretty sure they're going to be in the Orange Bowl. Um yeah. I, I I I think like I I I would not be surprised to see him sneak into the back end of the first round. Um, for me, I I I also struggled to find a best prospect, but I think Kadarius Tony just needs some love for what he did. Yeah, against that LSU defense, it was the Kadarius Tony show without Kyle Pitts playing. Dan Mullen's questionable because from everything um, uh, McShay was reporting, it sounded like Kyle Pitts could have easily played. Um, and, and it was almost like they rested him for the SEC championship, and then obviously they lose. Uh, but Tony had 13 touches for 249 total yards touchdown. Was the most dynamic player on either side. Uh, they used him both on the ground and through the air. He's a freak of nature with his contact balance for a receiver. He's the perfect type of wide receiver for today's NFL for what he can do as a, yeah. as a motion man. For what he can do with the ball in his hands, he can stretch the field. He's clearly improved as a route runner as well. Uh, a guy who I think is going to have a huge combine. He's twitchy as hell. Um, I don't know how early he would go. I'm like I'm not going to call my shot or anything, but I, I, the way the NFL has viewed types of receiver, like if he is a top forty selection, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Like, uh, I don't want to. I know I don't want to call my shot either. I love Tony. You know I, I've been on Tony all yes. year. Yeah, you, you've uh, as people we've watched way too much Florida for the record. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, and maybe that maybe that's why we love Tony and Pitts because they make such special plays every single game. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear my, my my bias towards Tony's show this week? And he had that amazing stat line. I still thought he outplayed the box score, and I put him there because like he just put that fucking Florida team on his back. Like we'll talk trash. He yeah, wasn't he's the very. Best player. Yeah, he wasn't very good. And like 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 you mentioned, everything was after the catch um on that final drive that could have tied the game and it, it was wide left. He, it was all uh, Kadarius Tony and, and and like every time they needed a play, I mean and I mean literally, it was going Tony's way. So I I put him out played the boxer and again, this is biased. I love him so much, but uh 
I I think right now, if you had asked me, I think he's worth a top forty selection. But I, I and I yes. think you make a good point where um, the NFL likes these players and they're trying to find them. And uh, if he goes and tests really well, I think that's gonna be a pretty uh, easy easy fit for a lot of teams. Like he is the similar skill set of. That, that we've seen in the last two drafts with a Brandon Ayuk, with a Debo Samuel, who yep. both obviously ended up on the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Tony end up on the Packers with Matt LaFleur, who is a Shanahan disciple, using him in that type of role. Well, they got Tyler Irvin, like, Rob. Yes, that, the amount <laughs> Tyler Irvin has played in that role is comical. Um, Tony, Tony's going to get those Percy Harvin comparisons, be, obviously because of the Florida thing, yep. but like you can understand why. Yep. No, totally. I, I, I honestly, what I think I said early in the season, it, it, he felt a little more Debo than Percy to me. But no, th- th- those comps are definitely gonna gonna be all over all over the interwebs. Um, is he? I can't even remember. Is he going to the Senior Bowl? Because I would love that. Yeah, yeah. If it happens, because okay. I want to. Like, uh, I want. Yeah. Where's your confidence level? Oh, I don't know. It's, uh, three three point six eight. I heard a rumor Jim turned down the Lions GM job so no. he could uh, make sure the Senior Bowl happens. <laughs> this is last crusade. Uh, okay, <laughs> shooting up the board. Um, I already mentioned I have Chester out here. I, I'm sure you have a couple North Carolinians too. They do. I just started in North Carolina. I, uh, you know, I I'm, I want to start with Michael Carter because I mean <laughs> he had 300 yards and two touchdowns, and I think he's still getting overshadowed, and he doesn't. I mean, I think I think maybe this was the game to open up people's eyes. I I know like people know who he is. I'm not saying that, but you know Williams is in the backfield too, and he's fucking amazing as well. And it feels like he's gotten a lot of the attention, and I don't want to spoil later segments, so I won't go too further into that. But <laughs> I I thought Carter was absolutely amazing. As he is like almost every fucking week, and I just think he deserves the the accolades, and he deserves to be talked about as a potential. T- he's a potential top one hundred guy, and I mean in this class yeah, he, at least. I firmly believe he's a top. I've been on the Michael Carter train. You have, um, and and I I think he like when we were talking about remember last week um, when we were talking about running backs like I think he is after uh, Najee and Etienne, obviously, like he's very much in, in position to be that third guy. Oh, okay, can, can I, I'm going to jump ahead a bit. I put Javante Williams for overhyped, and this has nothing to do with his performance. He was fucking amazing. I love him, too. I love both Carter and Williams, and they're easy to love, obviously. And he's obviously shooting up the board, but I saw and he, I saw a lot of Javante Williams is RB3 and, like, definitively takes yesterday. And I get it when he had 236 yards, whatever, three touchdowns. It was amazing. But I, I, I've, I've fallen with the Carter thing because you were the first one on the Carter train. You get the credit here. And I've fallen in line with you there. Yes. And I came to love Williams this year. But it feels like they, there isn't too much to separate them, in my opinion. And, like, I don't well, know. I, I, I think I – th- Ahead, I think yeah. that the the biggest thing is M- M- Michael Carter is not very big. And Javante yeah. Williams is built like an NFL back. A big NFL back, definitely. And like we, we see him going in there fucking ruining people and throwing big old stiff arms. I get it. Um, I think people just need to pump the brakes a little bit on Javante Williams. And I, I totally get it. Like he, he's, he's amazing and I love him too, but... Um, I, de- a definite RB3, I wouldn't say so. A top 100 guy, yeah, I got a problem there. I, I, 
I, I think it's going to end up like this. It's going to end up, obviously, Etienne, Najee Harris, Kenny Gainwell, and then these two. And I think that's going to be the, a lot of people's top five running backs in this class. I think that's a good take, and I got no problem if, that, if that's how it falls. Um, they, obviously, they combined to rush for 544 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns against Miami. Uh, it's, you know what's pretty funny? Um, on this season, Javante Williams has 157 carries and 25 catches. Michael Carter has 156 carries and 25 catches. That's Wow, they did a great job of splitting them. Yeah, and my, my, Michael Carter has slightly more yards, averages uh, slightly more per touch, but obviously Javante Williams just set the North Carolina um, touchdown record yeah. with 22. Uh, I, I think – so. I, th- I think when it just comes down to debating these two, th- Javante Williams is an easier projection. Strict. By the way, they both block their asses off, too, yeah. which is yeah. incre- incredible. Like they are both so physical in pass protection. But I, I think Javante Williams is an easier projection mainly because he's 5'10", 220. Like he is built to be an NFL running back. He runs hard as hell. He catches the ball well for a big back. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Carter is 5'8", 199. Little smaller, more of a Naeem Hines type back. I think we've seen that comparison made on Twitter a couple times. Um, so I think like Javante Williams probably ends up getting drafted before Michael Carter. Yeah. yeah. Because of that, unless Michael Carter just dominates the combine, maybe comes in a little larger than we expect. But I think either way, they're they're both firmly. They're I think they're both obviously top ten backs in this class. Yeah. Uh, and both. Again, I think most people are going to end up with Etienne, Harris, Gainwell, and these two. I think so, too. And, um, hey, the Miami Dolphins should just draft both of them. That's that's my new take for the week, Rob. I like that. That's a great take. (laughs) And leave them in Miami. We've seen them at Hard Rock Stadium fucking putting up 550 yards or whatever. Uh, Hey, don't don't spend a first on Etienne or, or Harris, even though... Uh, they're they're worth it for if you're gonna pick a running back in the first, get these guys on uh in the in the third round, both of them, baby. Um, kid, we 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 we've credited the running backs, we've credited Sam Howell, we've credited Chesra. Diami Brown had a, mm-hmm. himself a nice little game too, just uh, only 167 yards, not <laughs> 500 plus, but uh, like he he is gonna he's just flies that i mean the the most exciting play was the <laughs> the play action deep shot where sam howell did an insane job uh inside his 10 with pressure bearing down ripping a bomb to yeah. diami brown here comes the diami brown train um his speed is the big thing again the nfl loves speed he's gonna be i think a, another guy who's very much in that top 100 pick he, he <laughs> over the last two years he's over 2,000 uh receiving yards and he's averaging over 20 yards per catch. That's right. Like he, he's the yeah. definition of a deep threat, and, and he, he's in, I think he's improved as a route runner this year. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. I mean, that's ridiculous. You go and look at the excuse me, the, the big play in the in the first quarter where he just what, stacked the DB, no problem, and Sam Howell just dropped it in there beautifully. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, he's been doing that consistently too. You know, it's, it's not like – I I don't know why I feel like I feel the need to be mean to this guy again too, but it's not like John Hightower where uh, you know you see the flashes of being yeah. a big time deep guy and no Brown Brown is doing it. it, it these plays are coming every single week. In the yeah, ACC. I, I I mean the the turnaround at North Carolina has been I love this North insane. Carolina team. 
Yeah, I kind of like I love Phil Longo. Their OC obviously has that air raid background. Um, I I I kind of hope he doesn't end up with a head coaching job just so Sam House final final year is still with Long, uh, mm-hmm. Phil Longo because he's gonna he's gonna lose these running backs. He's gonna lose Diami Brown. He's gonna lose Daz Newsom. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. And I mean, again, I, I wish this North Carolina team didn't drop those couple stinky games. I mean, we still get to see them in an Orange Bowl, hopefully. So that's that's sweet, but still. Yeah, uh, we. I mean, North Carolina has always been a football school for us. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, I'm going to jump out of uh, the state of North Carolina now, um, down to Alabama, where Christian Barmore. Yeah. To me, in that Alabama Arkansas game, it's hard to like take much from it because like Arkansas just stood no chance and it was immediate that they basically that they stood no chance but christian barmore um this was a a little bit of his coming out game yeah um just his his ability as a pass rusher for a big man really stood out ended up with two sacks didn't i don't think had the the breakout season a lot of people were hoping for from the redshirt sophomore but if you're taking any interior defensive lineman in this first round of this class like this is the guy Definitely, and like like you said, this was easily his flashiest game. Had the two sacks, had another quarterback carry. It was in the backfield of plenty. Uh, hey, we, we've seen Alabama interior defensive linemen start getting flashy down the stretch and turn it into being a top 15 pick. So he's, if anyone's got the shot, it's it's Christian Bartmore. Yeah, like if especially if he strings together a big game against Florida and then the playoffs. Yeah. And he, he's 6'5", 310, and... Looks very athletic for a man of that size. Um, like, he, I, I I think he's the only guy right now, unless a ton changes in the next couple of weeks, he's the only guy in this interior D line class who's got a shot at the first round. And you saw that um, against Arkansas with the combination of power and quickness he brings as a pass rusher. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, hey. Uh, hey. Who, who, who? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go with, hey, because he had two games since we last did a podcast. How about Talona Hafanga? <laughs> yeah. Has absolutely, what, I mean, I'll do the quick math in my head. He has 26 tackles, uh, two TFLs, a sack, and a, and two picks since we last did a podcast. <laughs> that's, that's fucking ridiculous. And, hey, he, he was fucking, he was dominant in both games uh, against Wazoo last week. The game was over early, but he, he was amazing from the jump. And then yesterday, um, he, he had 17 tackles alone yesterday. The picks are great. Um, and he's just becoming a, a highlight reel in that USC defense. And um, He's so fun. Yeah, he, he's definitely been – I think he might might be the biggest riser of the last couple of weeks in general. Um, and yeah. I, and it's funny because I, 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 thought, I thought their opener, he struggled yeah. um, against Arizona State with those running backs. I mean, there was that one play, I think it was Rashad White actually, who, who caught that ball in the swing and made a miss in, in close quarters. And the thing is, though, Hafanga chased him. He missed the tackle and chased him all the way to the mm-hmm. end zone, just kind of showing off how much effort he puts forth. And then since then, he's been on a tear. He's had an interception in four straight games. He's a tackling machine, like you mentioned. Um, and he's going to get those Palomalu comps yeah. uh, he, he, because of the way he plays in, in the Polynesian background. He's at USC, and uh, he actually plays next to Palomalu's nephew. Um, but he is just the, – the only thing I think you'll worry about is 
how's he gonna test mm-hmm. because uh, he does so much of his work around the line of scrimmage or is like a, a overhang type guy so he he might not fit every system but it's not a, a clear safety class we've talked about how mo Riggs kind of the only guy we at this point we feel like could be in the first round um but in terms of looking for a in, in quotation marks here, pure strong safety, like this might be the dude. No, that's a good point too. Like to, to mention how the, the the safety class is a little murky, and, and I, I think there's a lot of guys in it, and we there's a lot of guys we like, but not the not the heaviest at the top. Maybe a guy that goes out and makes these insane plays every single week. Uh, a team is just gonna, you know, gravitate towards that because he's shown that he's a playmaker. And I know you got to have this this defined role for him, and you want around the line of scrimmage. Uh, but hey, when he's when he's when he's making interceptions in four straight games, you feel a little bit better about drafting that type of guy. Oh, definitely. Like, I mean, he he showed off in pre- like the closing speed and the ball skills on yeah. what should have been a pick six. Obviously, it was called back for a block in the back, but just that that was he played that to perfection. The instincts are are so yeah. impressive with him. Uh, he he he's so much fun. Uh, I'm gonna jump to the Iowa Wisconsin game, which like wasn't actually very fun to watch. But Amir Smith-Marset had that breakout game I think a lot of people were waiting for him to have after he showed a, a, a lot of potential as a junior. Um, he ended up with 140 yards and two touchdowns. Did a backflip and hurt his ankle on the second touchdown, <laughs> yeah. which I don't think was a, a great look. Hopefully he is okay. Um, but a, a, a kind of a, a tall, wiry receiver with a lot of athleticism. They used him as a running back a lot, a, a, or not a lot, but uh, at times last year too. He he's kind of uh, a full skill set guy, returns kicks, yeah, pl- can kind of play all over. Um, I I thought this was a a, a much needed big game from him because he had kind of been lost in the shuffle. Uh great transition, Rob. Because I, I put him for prospect and made me look stupid. Uh, because I kind of wrote him off just as a non-factor in this class. That like you just said, he got lost mm. in the shuffle. Uh, I don't want to say I forgot about him, but I'm like, okay, well, we we saw him. He's interesting, but I, I think he's more of a, like you take a flyer on him in late day three type of guy. Uh, and then, hey, like you just said, was explosive as hell, was the best player on either team by far in that not fun Wisconsin-Iowa game. Uh, and, yeah, he, he came back and he, he put his uh, name back on the map. Well, because last year in the Holiday Bowl, that's yeah. a kind of was his coming up party where in Iowa ran over USC. And yep. he, he caught it, caught a touchdown, ran for touchdown, had a kick return touchdown, showed off that like versatile skill set, um, and, and he was like very impactful over the, their last couple of games. And, and you thought he could ride that momentum into the season, and obviously, it, it wasn't the year he wanted, but this was a great way to end it. Um, I'm just going to throw one more because I, I can't not talk about the Commonwealth Cup. Uh, the Virginia Tech offensive line in general just mm-hmm. dominated against Virginia, uh, specifically left tackle Christian Derrissaw, who is probably going to be a first-round pick. Um, they gave up no no sacks, ran for 252. Khalil Herbert, the holes Khalil Herbert was running through was ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's been that way all year, man. Um, here I'll, I'll rattle off my my ones quick because they're all they're all pass catchers. So enter pass catcher corner with me. Uh, I'm going to say Vaughn yes. first because he, I mean, look, the big play on the game winning drive was amazing. Uh, I don't know how to feel about Tyler Vaughn's. I'm kind of conflicted in my soul, but he always seems to come up big when he gets the chance. So I, that I appreciate. So maybe maybe he's a nice guy to target. I liked him in the summer. 
Um, but no, he definitely gets outshone because Drake London is a stud. Amon Ross, St. Brown, another really good game with the game-winning touchdown. I thought they're both risers this week. Uh, quicker ones. How about Brevin Jordan? He was the only good thing for Miami. Like, I just think he can't be forgotten about in the tight end group. He had 140 yards on six he catches. Won't. I know, I know, but I feel he, like he, I think he, the go ahead. He's gonna he's gonna light up the combine and yeah. kind of reignite it. Yeah. Like, I would you be shocked if he ends up going ahead of Pat Fryermuth? <sighs> Ooh, uh, you know what? I'm I, I, I like that because um, Fryermuth has kind of been quiet and Penn State's been shit, obviously. <laughs> so no, and, I, and, and like he got hurt, he got hurt and missed the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, if 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 there's a team that loves Kyle Pitts and they miss out on him. Uh, maybe they, they're like, hey, let's just grab Brevin Jordan. A <laughs> um, couple more guys. Uh, hey, Dylan Stoner, he took the game over. He, Rob, he had eight catches, 247 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, most of that came in the first half. There was no Tylen Wallace, no Truba Hubbard. He put the Cowboys on his back. He cu- he was catching everything, uh, Some a couple sweet contested catches. And then all of a sudden, he was just great with the ball in his hands. Uh, had big yak plays. And it, that's just kind of a huge game for a guy who's finally getting the attention because he's been third fiddle or lower in that Oklahoma State passing offense his whole time there. So, hey, hey we, we know he's like a, a pure slot guy. He's kind of, hey, this was a kind of an interesting game. And, and last one, Rob, small school guy, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, because I, I, this the bandwagon is filling up, and I think it's going to be absolutely packed before too long, man. He, he, he's a burner. He had over 100 yards again, a touchdown. And he, he seems like he plays like a dog. Just the more I watch of him, the more I, I really starting to appreciate him. I think he had one where he just ripped the ball out of the DB's hands to, pre- to prevent the interception. Uh, I, I, I think that that, that bandwagon is going to be packed soon. I can't wait to see him at the Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl yeah. group is going to be so fun. Uh, thank you, Jim Nagy. <laughs> thank you, Jim. Savior. <laughs> Loyal listener, Jim Nagy. Um, okay, jumping to sliding down, let's start with Kyle Trask. Uh, obviously, <laughs> they lose to LSU. He throws two interceptions, loses a fumble. If he wins the Heisman at this point, uh, like the Heisman's just a numbers game and nothing else matters. Um, it was it was an ugly game. He didn't have Kyle Pitts, but it, it kind of was a showcase of all his flaws as an NFL quarterback yeah. prospect. Yeah. Um, no doubt he is been phenomenal this year uh one of the best quarterbacks in college football great college quarterback but yeah if a team takes him in the first round that's nuts um i don't know if a team like i wouldn't take him in the second round i don't know about the third round me like probably not still like to me like he's a he's a backup nfl quarterback i I, that that's all fair i'm i'm still not sure how i feel on him um Definitely not a first-round pick. Um, a day-two pick, I think, potentially. Um, are you looking at him like he's a long-term starter? I don't think so. Um, the, the the first interception was really bad. I mean, the other one was a sick trick shot. To, to me, that's a plus. That was just a cool fucking play. I want that guy on my team. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny that we're, we're killing a guy, and rightfully so, and he almost had 500 yards passing. But that's kind of been Trask's season. Like, he, he goes out and puts these insane mm-hmm. numbers – but doesn't impress that much in either of our opinions. And, like, there was a couple nice throws, but, he, like, okay, you know the, the the one where he really lofted in there to Tony on the crossing route, which was a nice touch throw and gr- nice anticipation. Um, I saw people, like, overreacting to that one throw on Twitter. I'm like, Trask had been shit. Breaking all- news. Oh, shit, what happened? 
Lovey Smith fired at Illinois. Oh, that sucks. He's going to end up the Bears head coach. It's fine. Anyway, back to Kyle Trask. <laughs> yeah, but I saw people like like freaking out over that one throw. I'm like, man, he's been bad all game. And like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think about him, but he's clearly not the a first-round pick. It's really funny. There's, there's. So the Florida faithful think he's as good as Joe Burrow was last year. Yeah. Draft Twitter fucking hates him. And then, like the general, like kind of NFL college football fan, I think is the most reasonable about him. Like, he is <laughs> obviously not Trevor Lawrence. He's obviously not Justin Fields. He's not up there. But, like he, he's good. He's a really he's a good great college, college quarterback. quarterback. But yeah, yeah. Like I mean, he threw forty touchdowns. But it's just the, the the arm talent and the lack of mobility. Like it's basically you want playmakers at quarterback. It just comes back to that. You want playmakers. He's not a playmaker. He's a facilitator, and you you can you can make that work. But you need a lot of other stuff to make that work in the NFL. Like to me, he reminds me a lot of Nick Foles. Um, just if you get everything right around him, he can be confident. He can, he can. Like, you wouldn't call him a franchise quarterback, yeah. but he can be a top 32 NFL quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not taking that in the first round. I'm probably not, to, like, a lot. And you can't win a Super Bowl with that unless, like, he's got that Nick Foles magic somehow. Um, <coughs> so, so, like, you're not, like, why would you draft a guy you don't think can be a Super Bowl winning franchise quarterback and carry a team? Why would you draft that in the first round? And honestly, why would you draft that on day two? Be, because there's, it's never gonna be what you want it to be. You're better off losing out the next year and, and getting the top guy that year. Like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't. I'm slowly stopped my belief. Like I wouldn't. I don't think I would draft a quarterback uh, on day two because you're put. You're in that for the most part. You're in that zone where this guy isn't good enough to be a franchise carrying quarterback. But he, you're spending high draft capital on him. And he's obviously not like being viewed as a future backup. Like you can take those guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. So why waste that pick? That's just kind of where I'm at with quarterbacks right now. If you, um, there's certain circumstances where that obviously isn't fully true. But uh, I, yeah, I just I can't buy into Kyle Trask. Probably wouldn't take him with the top 100 pick. I think you touched. Well, you didn't touch upon it. You got into. The, I think that's an interesting conversation to have. Is that um. Where do you take these guys that look like long-term backup types or or better um, game facilitator types? Like, I think that's an interesting conversation. Is that should they be day two picks, even though you know they might look great in college and you feel like they're they're safer guys in in quotation marks? Um, are they worth a day two pick? And I mean, hey, we saw what Jacob Eason, like the opposite of contrast, really, but we saw him fall to the fourth. Um, and I think that's a fair range. But like, and we get to see Jalen Hurts today. You've already seen him, who who went what fifty third overall or something like that. Um, you're right. Maybe day two is just not the place to to draft the quarterback because it has not worked out very often. That's yeah, like. Jalen Hurts is a little bit different in my mind, um, but for the most part, like, yeah, it doesn't really work out. Um, it doesn't. I, obviously, like Kirk Cousins, but like, do you think Kirk Cousins can win a Super Bowl? I don't think anyone does. So why? In, in the if the end goal is to do that, 
why draft that guy? And, and hey, kind of just... Kirk was a fourth round pick, even to, to throw that in there too. Oh, there you go. Right, right. So yeah, like I'm, I'm cool taking him on day three because, like, I mean, every once in a while you luck into a Dak Prescott, <laughs> yeah, which is not, not even every once in a while, like never. But uh, you're drafting that guy to be a backup, which is an important spot, and, and you can develop that. And so, like, if gun to my head, would I rather take? Kyle Trask in the second round or freaking, I don't know, Kellen Mond in the sixth, I'd probably rather take Kellen Mond. And I mean, obviously... I don't even like Kellen Mond. (laughs) The exception to the rule in that Cousins draft is Russell Wilson, but if he was uh, six foot five or was in the draft today, he'd be a first-round pick, a top-ten pick. Exactly. Probably would have been the third pick after Luck and RJ3, so... Um, yeah, that's what, and hey, you could even throw Hertz into the Russell Wilson camp, not comping them at all, but that type of mindset ish. Anyways, um, let's move on. I would we take got, here. I, I I would take Jamie Newman in the fourth round over Kyle Trask in the second all day of the week. And Jamie Newman didn't play college football this there season. That's that's a, uh, that's a <laughs> fair one. Yeah. Okay, done with Trask talk. Let's uh, let's jump to to who who else do you have sliding this week? I put uh, hey everyone on Miami except for Brevin Jordan, but specifically, uh, how about Bubba <laughs> Bolden and Amari Carter, uh, the safeties? Who uh, I'll start with Carter. I think he was worse than Bolden. Uh, he was not taking a single proper angle to a ball carrier all game. He couldn't fill a hole correctly. Uh, it was ugly, and for Bolden, it was like the same as Amari Carter, but not as ugly. Like he looked, he looked bad. And then we got to see him, like, at single high at times where he's just, like, staring at Sam Howell and Deami Brown is just running flies down the sideline. He's trying to keep up after the ball's in the air. That was really ugly. Um, but one thing I'll add is I think Bolden flashed some long speaks. He, he was chasing down <laughs> Carter and Williams and Brown and crew a lot, and uh, he looked fast, and that's the only thing. They were both really, really bad. Uh, I will go more of the route of not necessarily bad, but not impactful the way you'd hope to see from that defense. Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche. Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. J- Jalen Phillips, uh, like, it looked like a lot of North Carolina's game plan was to eliminate Jalen Phillips, and they did a great job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, I thought, struggled to consistently set the edge. Yep. He was getting too wide and giving too big of a lane. Uh he it sucks because he'd been playing so fantastically there'd even been a like some first round whispers uh and then yeah it just wasn't what you were hoping to see he didn't have a ton in, in pass rush they weren't getting to howl uh roche was even less impactful for sure i thought he'd like disappear disappeared for most of the game um but obviously phillips roche bubba bolden are like the big three names on that defense and uh that defense gave up 544 rushing yards to two running backs. Uh, Jalen Phillips got the ECF live curse on Saturday. I, I'm glad you said that. I don't really know what that means, but that, he was he was talking to the ECF you. kid. Anyways, that was a good joke, and you didn't get it. Um, <laughs> never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I I think I think you like this guy, but I wasn't too impressed in the Georgia game. I put Tyreek Gillespie, the the Mizzou safety. Um, who I didn't think was the absolute. I, I, hey, good. I think you could put him and Nick Bolton. I didn't put Bolton because I knew it was a touchy subject for you, but I I, I, I thought about it. Uh, I'll, I'll talk with, I'll talk about Gillespie more. So um I, I don't know. It wasn't an, a brutal brutal game, but he didn't step up at all. 
And he was pretty victimized by George Pickens in the back end there and Daniels. And I didn't think he looked great against the run either. And if you want to talk Nick Bolton, it was just another, like he just didn't step up. And he was kind of – I don't – go ahead. Yeah, you're your guy. I thought mo- – mo- I thought more than ever his lack of length was an issue in this game. Mm-hmm. George's got a, a kind of a brawling offensive line, yeah, um, big offensive line, and he struggled to sack and shed. Um, he he over pursued outside run a couple times too yeah. and took himself out of the play. Um, late in the game, he had a brutal missed tackle on a huge Georgia run. Like, he didn't play like the first-round guy I think he is, I guess, was kind of the end takeaway. Um, yeah. And, and, and the, the one hole, or the, one, the, the biggest hole that people are going to poke in him is that lack of length. And this was one of the few times I think you saw that really show up in the game. No, that's fair. And it just felt like he, like like you said, over-pursuing, but even then, like, it felt like he was never where he was needed. And that was sometimes they were blitzing him and it was just, like, the wrong move and... He didn't look too great blitzing either for what that's worth. Ben Cleveland ate him up a couple times. Um, yeah, it was just, just not Ben Cleveland had a nice game. He did. We could have put him up for shooting up the board, but, hey, we uh, we don't talk off its line enough, Rob. It was, it was pretty sad of us. Yeah, we suck. Uh, same game, though, also on offense. Larry Roundtree, I didn't think, looked like that special running back at all. And I know he's <laughs> a, a, a senior running back some people really like, but he could not get much going. I know it's the Georgia defense, but uh, – yeah, I, I wasn't very impressed. No, that's fair. Um, I'll throw two more in here. Uh, speaking of throw, I put Marco Wilson for throwing the shoe because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Going back because, hey, we, we watched the game. I put Kenny Pickett. Anyone who thinks Kenny Pickett is uh, much of anything, I, I don't I don't think you're right. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. I, 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 put, I, I put him for being overhyped because yeah. even still, like I'm seeing people like – Got in for him to be at the Senior Bowl, and again, there's not that many senior quarterbacks, so like, sure, yeah. Uh, but he just constantly puts the ball in danger. He yeah. threw a pick and had more than one dropped against Georgia Tech, and obviously they ended up winning. But like, I get that the arm and stuff is there, but he just seems like a guy people are falling in love with. Who I don't think I would draft him. I don't understand why people are falling in love with him, but yeah, he <laughs> Maybe- looks cool. <laughs> I don't know. Like in the summer, I thought he was a borderline draftable guy, and I I, I see that. And I, I my opinion really hasn't changed of him. Uh, um, I'll give you two Pac-12 defensive linemen. Okay, Mustafa Johnson of Colorado. Yeah. Late in the game, he got himself a nice backside TFL. But other than that, I, I didn't think had much of an impact. Didn't do ton as a pass rusher. The Utah offensive line, I thought, played a really strong game. And uh, Mustafa Johnson's kind of lack of size hurt him. Um, he, uh, the backside TFL was really nice where he shot a gap and you saw some of that quickness, but he couldn't really anchor down and in, in handle eating up space. And, and That's been an issue. I, I, th- I think he's... And I think he's an interesting late day three rotational defensive lineman because he's kind of versatile enough to play up and down the line. But I, I, I wasn't overly impressed with him. And how about Osa Odigizua? I probably said that wrong. The UCLA defensive lineman, uh, he didn't have a very impactful game against USC. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the Mustafa Johnson front, I, I, I thought about putting him for overhyped because, again, I, he didn't impress me much in this game. And... There's still the weird fans of his out me there. Much. Oh my god! No Shania mentions on this podcast. You know the fucking rule. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't look that good. And I, I've never really been in on him, and I know there's still some big fans of his. He's a cool name, though. He does have a cool name. Um, uh, but, yeah, else? neither neither of them were overly impactful. I know Osa's got bigger fans where, like, yeah. he's a potential day two guy and he's going to be the senior bowl. But um, I didn't th- – and I know he – I think he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list as well. Yeah. But he, uh, he felt very not impactful against USC. And, like, even in his big games, I think he, he kind of uh, disappears in stretches. Yeah. Like I, I, another guy who I think is an interesting rotational guy and versatile because he can play inside and out. But yeah, um, day two seems a little rich. Uh, out of nowhere prospect. Hey, you 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 knocked UCLA down a peg. I'll bring him back up. How about their tight end Greg Dulcich, who is a redshirt sophomore, so zero chance he comes out. But he looked really damn good, man. Six four two forty two. Uh, had what eight catches, one hundred sixty seven yards, a touchdown. Uh, was just kind of like their big play guy all day and. Uh, I, I I thought he, he he's hey you mentioned tight end uh, the Georgia tight end off the top, and I'm gonna mention every week baby this is a tight end renaissance right now we're tight end rich around all of football. We we're doing a lot of Pac-12 talk today because I put three out of nowhere prospects all from the Pac-12. I got another Pac-12 guy. You you, you go ahead. Uh, okay, first I'll go Britton Covey, the That's Utah mine. slot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, n- nine, 9 for 76 in a touchdown. He's like a super senior. He's been in college for, since 2015. <laughs> um, but uh, very tiny. I don't think he'll get drafted, but I'm sure he'll be in New England's training camp. That's correct. And has a shot at making a practice squad. Uh, good route runner. Very, good route runner, good hands, tough tough as hell. Um I, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, other side of the ball, um, Panay Sewell's older brother, Nephi, yep. had 11 tackles, a TFL pick. He is, I think he's only a redshirt junior, but uh, a guy who's who, who transferred from Nevada, plays linebacker and safety, ton of energy, super physical, well-built, uh, screams special teams guy to me. He's <laughs> um, been good. And, I mean, and his two little brothers are going to be first round picks. So, no, I I like Nephi too. Um, I I uh, oh, what's the Colorado linebacker's name? I liked him as well. Uh, Nate Landman. Well, for, I do love Nate Landman, but he got hurt unfortunately. No, um, Carson Wells. Oh, the uh, other one. Yeah, Carson. Yeah, Wells. Carson Wells looked good. Yeah, six four two fifty. I think he moved pretty well at three TFLs. Had a sack. Uh, no, he's he's definitely interesting. I put them both too, and I uh, I forgot I wanted to talk with him. But no, I'll throw more. Hey, look look at me. I shit on on Kenny Pickett, but I like kind of liked his wide receiver DJ Turner, who had a big game. Um, and he's he's interesting. He's five nine two oh five, so he's built like a running back. He he's physical. He's pretty good after the catch. Uh, had a hundred yards total. They they ran him a couple times. Uh, interesting guy, and he's he's a senior, um, so I don't know what this this process is going to be like for him. But he's got the chance to go back and maybe uh, pop again. Jumping back to the past twelve, I got my last one being Quinton Lake, the UCLA safety. Um, his dad is Carnell Lake, former great Steeler. Yeah, uh, had a pick, a pass breakup, a ton of tackles. Um, redshirt junior, probably going back to UCLA for another year. But uh, as a sophomore, was a pretty impactful starter. Got hurt in 2019, and then uh, bounced back in a big way this uh, in this year and in their short season. But he he's been a big reason that UCLA defense kind of found some footing this season. Yeah, that defense has been pretty good. 
Yeah. Okay, who made you look stupid? You already said someone, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I mentioned Amir Smith Marset, but I'll add. Uh, remember a couple of weeks ago when I when I thought Gary Brightwell caught my eye, <laughs> and he's he just he went out there and fumbled three times yesterday uh, or a couple of days ago. Uh, had less than three yards per carry. Um, even like the fumbles aside, I, I just don't think he's a bigger back. By the way, if, if you haven't seen him before, um, I don't think he's got the quicks to be an NFL back. Uh, may, maybe get him into a camp or something, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I, he he maybe looks silly for even looking at him at all. Last week, I was low on Demetric Felton and yep. Jabril Cox after they both struggled. Both of them <laughs> huge games. Felton, 26 touches, 137 from scrimmage, two touchdowns. Kind of that um, slot slash running back chip or offensive chess piece. And then Cox looked terrific in coverage, looked great as a blitzer. His size and athleticism stood out. He, I think he's going to dominate the combine and end up a top 100 pick. He's 6'4", 231, and, and moves so well. Mm-hmm. No, this was a this was a good good bounce back game for him. Uh Hey, my next ones we've we've like already touched. Uh, my I already kind of touched on my best prospect prospect matchup being uh, Derek King and Chess Surratt, who King tried his best to carry that offense, but obviously things <laughs> went south quickly. Uh, North Carolina did a great job having Surratt um, spy him for the majority of the game. Uh, yeah, so I, I was gonna say I, we can move on my next couple because we've already talked about them. Uh, I put I put the UNC backs versus the Miami defense, um, and I, the reason I put it here, and after we mentioned Bolden and Carter, I was gonna talk about Phillips and Roche, and we already mentioned them ad nauseum. I mean, like you said, uh, struggling to control the edge for Phillips and Roche just was pretty invisible. Um, yeah, and then I'll play the box score. I said Tony, which again, I I, I just love Kadarius Tony. I just wanted to talk about him, and you put him for best prospect, so you win this week. I put James Cook for outplayed the box score because he was such an impactful player early for yeah. Georgia that it kind of put the game out of reach for Missouri. Seven touches, 81 from scrimmage, two touchdowns. I love his style. I think I'm going to like him enough to have him as a top 10 back in this class if he declares because of what he can do at, at, like as a chess piece and as a pass catcher. I, I love those types of backs. And yeah. No, I, I knew. Uh, he's an underrated back. I, I totally agree. I knew you were going to find a way to talk about him on the show, so I'm glad he did. Um, I couldn't figure out where to fit him in. But, no, he was definitely impressive. And he's go- it's going to be interesting to see where his stock ends up. Like, like I think there will be fans. Cause I'm, I'm starting to buy in uh, with you here, Rob. Um, but uh, the NFL, I, I wonder if they're going to really sniff him out or not. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, what else do we have? Overhyped, I hit Kenny Pickett. I hit Javante Williams. We can move on. Uh, okay, small school guy. Finally, okay. we get to talk to San Jose State. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I'm going to San Jose State, baby. Uh, hey, I'm, I'll start with the running back, Tyler Nevins, who's six foot two twenty five, right? Had 12 carries, 184 yards, and a touchdown. And that one run where he absolutely truck-sticked a dude and then, like, re-accelerated and outran everybody. That was pretty nasty, and he hasn't been overly productive there at San Jose State. But when you kind of look at that and see maybe he's got some nice burst at that size and he can run over people, uh, maybe he's uh, day three Javante Williams or duty fake Javante Williams. Um, I'm going to talk about the two receivers. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Gaither, who's just kind of been a stud for them this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had 156 against Nevada. Had a sick catch where the ball like went through 
hit him in the helmet and he still caught it. Um, over a hundred yards a game for them in their six games, but uh, he he's a super senior too. He's been there since twenty fifteen. I don't think he'll get drafted. But his teammate Trey Walker on the other side is a guy we loved in the summer, yeah. who in a smaller season wasn't as dominant as as uh, maybe we had hoped. But every time he gets the ball, he, he looks special with his, yeah. his um, ability to wink. Like that one first down, like I think we talked about it when it happened. It was early in the game. Just the DB all over him. He's just so violent at the catch point, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world. I love Trey Walker. Yeah, it's just like, again, the, the wide receiver class is so good. I I love him too. I don't know if he's going to be on the NFL's radar, but he, he should be. Like I, He's definitely draftable to both of us. A hundred percent. I, Jim, get him in the senior bowl. Fuck. I know. It's a bad year. Maybe he goes uh, back. That's true. That's true. Uh, AJ, support for seven rounds of heaven comes from Manscaped. Who's the best in men's below the belt grooming? The holidays are here. Have you made your wish list? Wish list yet, AJ? It's all Manscaped products. Yes, because our sponsor today has the number one wished-for gift of the year. Manscaped's the best in men's below and above the belt grooming. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You're in luck because the Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes you the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, your balls will thank you. With the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find, included in the new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look, guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Why not use the best tool for the job? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulation, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The performance package is the best value that Manscaped has to offer and is hot off the shelves. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. And... To get that Christmas money to afford the Manscaped, head to Bet Online and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all Bet Online's great bonuses. And we got conference championship games coming up. We got bowl season around the corner. NFL playoffs are almost here. College basketball is underway. Uh, NBA starts soon. So much to gamble on. And Bet Online is the presenting sponsor of my five picks of the week which is actually 10 picks this week, and AJ's <laughs> one short of a six-pack, which is actually one short of a 10-pack. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go one and one last week because I had four games canceled. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I had three games canceled. Uh, I got that little bonus, though, to go one and two because Washington State got 
dominated by USC on Sunday night. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, okay. You want to just do these? Or I, th- I think we're both only picking the championship games, all right? Uh, yeah, I only I, I picked all ten. Okay, cool. Uh, let's just do this in order. So let's start Friday night. And, and, and we, 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 we have some real spreads, too. Five of the yes. games already have spreads out as yes. we record. Yes. Uh, and so, so we'll just say when, when we're making it up. Uh, Friday, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network, the only network for sports. Uh, UAB at Marshall. It's, it's going to be actually in West Virginia. Uh, what do you set your line at here, Robbie? I put it um, five and a half Marshall. I put it ten and a half. I, I, I'm. This is a complete guess. I don't know how to expect, uh, expect this line to be. Uh, you want to want to split the difference to do like a seven and a half. Yeah, and I'm taking UAB. I respect. It. I'm. I'm going to take Marshall just to uh, zag off of you here. I love Bill Clark. I love UAB. Spencer Brown's like the our biggest favorite <laughs> prospect ever. Um, I, I, I think uh, Marshall. A little overrated because they play such an easy schedule. They lost to Rice. I can't pick a team that lost to Rice. <laughs> That's fair. I, I like this Marshall team. I am rolling with a Thunder and Herd, baby. All confidence here. Her Herd over Dragon, no problem. Uh, okay, Friday, 7.30 on ESPN. The MAC Championship, one that's near and dear to our hearts, being played in, in Motor City, Detroit. We love Detroit. Um Ball State is taking on Buffalo. I put the uh, the Buffaloes, Buffalo Bulls, <laughs> minus eight and a half. I did the same thing on the other show. Uh, I got a bigger line. I'm going 16 and a half. Uh, I think they're not going to respect the Chirp Chirp Ball State squad too much. Um, they, they haven't shied away with going with these big old spreads for the Bulls. Uh, so what, 12 and a half then? Uh, sure. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jared, Jared Patterson and Kevin Marks are about to each 300 yards in this game. Um, Ball State barely got in, and if I was commissioner, Western Michigan would have got in. Um, but Buffalo's got the most NFL talent in the MAC, and it's not Easily. close. Their yeah. offensive line, their running backs, like they, they they are so well put together. Lance Leopold needs a, a a power five job. Illinois, maybe call Lance Leopold. Actually. Oh, I like that off the top of the dome like there. That? Yeah, came from Wisconsin Whitewater too. He knows Big Ten country. There you go. Uh, okay, Friday eight p- Friday eight p.m. on Fox, the Pac-12 Championship. This AJ said, if only one could be watched, this is the one. Yeah. Washington heads uh, heads to number fifteen USC. I put the Trojans uh, minus six and a half. Robert, I have six and a half as well. Are you taking the Trojans or the Huskies? I, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking USC. I mean, look, as we talked Me about, too. USC doesn't like winning by much, but I don't know. I, I don't I think the Washington team is scrappy, but I don't think they're that good. USC has a lot more talent. Um I'm going to yeah. take the Trojans the Trojans the Trojans to uh to pull this one out by a touchdown. USC has too many playmakers on offense. And, and on defense, for that matter. Whereas Washington has guys on defense, um, but outside of their tight end, Kate Otten, like there's nobody on offense that really gets you excited. And and it's a home game for the Trojans too. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think USC's got to be the pick. Yeah. Okay, moving to Saturday, where we've got the most important of the noon conference championships on ESPN or ESPN two. They haven't decided yet. The Sun Belt Championship, number nineteen, Louisiana. Heads to Conway 
to take on number 13, Coastal Carolina, in a rematch. So, AJ, honestly, this... I'm probably like more excited for this game than any other one. <laughs> I, I wish it wasn't in the in the stack with two other you know, the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. Yeah, but yeah. um no, I, I yes. I'm very excited for this game. Uh I, I do I was torn with building this line and picking the spread. Um so I'll, let's start here. Like you said, it was a rematch. Coastal Carolina won thirty to twenty seven at ULL uh in October. That game ULL was minus nine and a half. Believe it or not, that's how long ago that was. Um, I'm going to I'm going to reverse the spread just to uh, just for no reason because I think it'd be cool. I'm putting Coastal minus nine and a half. Damn, maybe I should have put it more. I put it at three and a half just because I think Louisiana's playing so well. And You're right. I mean, like, they beat I, Iowa State, who's top ten. Um, what about we do six and a half Coastal? Okay, I'm I'm very fine with that. I I didn't know where to put the spread. I think. I just think Coastal's getting more is, more respect than ULL right now, and rightfully. Yeah, yeah, but Coastal barely came back and beat Troy on a, on, yeah. uh, with under a minute to go, right? Like, I wonder if, how much that factors in. But, again, this one's in Conway. It's on the teal. Uh, this is such a fun game. Two great who, coaches. Who are you two taking? Great programs. I'm taking Coastal. I I, I can't am pick too. against my mullets. Yeah, I know. I can't pick against them, but I, I, I don't don't be surprised if you all covers the spread. No, I, I, I don't think anyone will be. Like, yeah. I mean that it's it's fun. Both these guys are apparently returning. well, I mean Chapel signed a seven year extension. Yeah. But uh both are Napier said he's returning too, so that's fun. Uh okay, noon ABC Big Twelve Championship. This is the real spread. Number eleven Oklahoma is four and a half point favorites against number seven iowa state uh in arlington texas i'm gonna take the cyclones plus the points i don't i'm I'm taking oh i'm taking ou okay i don't trust them that's a great way to start but but i also don't really trust oklahoma to really uh to, to to beat anyone handily and i know it's only four and a half points if this line was a little bit bigger i'd feel better but um i think oklahoma comes in and wins but by a field goal OU's playing at another level now that they've they, they've got um, their young guys with a little bit more experience. They got Stevenson's back in the backfield. Ronnie Perkins on the edge. I think, I like in a shootout. I'm not taking a Brock Purdy led team. Yes, um, Brees Hall obviously can change this game, but like Spencer Rattler is so talented. And they have too much around him. I th- I think it, it's like pretty close, but OU OU wins by a touchdown. That's um, right. Noon. Noon Fox Big Ten Championship. This is the real spread. Number 14 Northwestern is 21-point dogs. Number 4 Ohio State in Indianapolis, Indiana. As much as I would like... Yeah, as much as I would like to take Northwestern to make this a game, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't think Peyton Ramsey's the dude to to upset Ohio State or even cover the spread. Uh, I, I would not be shocked to see Ohio State kind of sputter a bit in the first half on offense. Uh, agreed. But, like, I, I like I do not think this Northwestern team is going to be capable of putting up points, even though, like, Ohio State's biggest weakness is giving up big plays in the secondary. But, again, I don't think Peyton Ramsey's the guy to make those plays happen. Um, and eventually Justin Fields is just going to take over. Yeah. I, it, this be might fun, be close to But Ohio State wins. Yeah. No, Maybe. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay, moving to 4 p.m., where we get 
the ACC Championship on ABC. Number three, Clemson taking on number two, Notre Dame in Charlotte. The Tigers are 10-point favorites. I am taking Notre Dame plus the points. I mean, they, they won the last time. And I know it was in uh, South Bend, and this one is in the Carolinas at least. But uh, 10 points is a lot. And I, 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 I'm very confident Clemson's going to win this game, so maybe I, I shouldn't do this. But uh, I think, I th- hey, first of all, the ACC's rigged. They're going to keep this game close. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that was my final decision maker. Uh, yeah, I'm taking Clemson in revenge. Trevor Lawrence is back. Clemson, their only game they struggled was the Notre Dame game, obviously, that they lose. No Trevor Lawrence. The number one pick in the NFL draft. (laughs) As good as DJ Uyangale played, like, Trevor Lawrence is that difference. Uh, Plus, the ACC is rigging it. They need Clemson to win for both teams to make the playoffs. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think Clemson is going to win by seven, though. That's that's where I'm coming in. Okay. 8 p.m., ABC, the AAC uh, championship game. Number 24, Tulsa. At number eight, Cincinnati, the Bearcats. This is the real spread. Bearcats are 14 and a half point favorites. I love this Bearcats team. Um, I think this game is just kept close. And I think since he controls this game from the start and they win by 10, but they don't cover that 14 and a half points. That's fair. I'm going to take Cincy. I think their defense is stupid good. Yep. Tulsa's got some guys on offense, but like nobody who can take over a game, yep. uh, especially against this team. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see like a 10 nothing Cincinnati lead at halftime and Cincinnati just pulls away with Desmond Ritter's legs being the difference. Uh, I, I like that. I'm going to say, uh, you know, I'm going to say 24-14 final. They covered by half a point. I, I will say 31-10. Ooh, big old ass kicking. I, I just hope this game is fun. I think that's why I'm taking Tulsa plus the points. Well, uh, Zayvon Collins yep. versus Desmond Ritter, that should be fun. Okay, yep. 8 p.m. CBS, SEC Championship, the real spread. Number one, Alabama, 17-point favorites against currently ranked number six, Florida, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm thinking Alabama, and I'm not thinking twice. Me too. That Florida defense couldn't stop Max Johnson. How are they going to stop Mac Jones and friends? Plus, other side of it, uh, I mean, Kyle, watching Kyle Pitts is going to be fun. Watching Darius Tony is going to be fun, but... Alabama, I think, is going to be able to get the Kyle Trask a little more than other teams have been able to. And we, we yeah. saw with LSU what happens when you can get to them. Um, finally, to be decided what time on either Fox or FS1, the Mountain West Championship game, Boise State at San Jose State. But San Jose State is home is actually UNLV right now, right? Or is it New Mexico? Uh, no, it's UNLV. Yeah, it's UNLV, it's UNLV. yeah. So it's at San Jose State, but it's at UNLV. Um, this isn't the real spread. I've put it at the Spartans, two and a half point favorites. Uh, <laughs> who are you taking? I'm taking the Spartans. Spartan up. Okay, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have that. Um, it's gonna be an interesting game, and I mean, it's kind of cool that they get a neutral site championship game, even though they didn't mean to. Oh, I forgot you didn't take this game. No, I didn't take. No, I only got nine right, picks. Right, right. Uh, but if I yeah, did, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Broncos plus points just to be the devil's advocate. I'm uh, the, the Spartans are, are riding a magical season. Uh, I have to take them. I have to take our boy Trey Walker. But it's been a weird year for Boise State by their standards. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the only thing is, um, 
San Jose State's head coach, um, Brett Brennan, I saw his name surface for the Arizona job. I wonder if that'll be a distraction. Uh-oh. Ryan Harson's not going anywhere, baby. <laughs> okay, that'll that that's it. That's all the conference championship games. Uh, wow, we did it, AJ. We made it this far. I'm pretty excited to watch all these. So uh, uh, everybody enjoy, and um, hopefully somehow the Big Ten gets two teams into the playoff. <laughs>